0: Today's podcast topic, the gospel, foolishness to the world, and yet the power of God unto salvation. Join us as we dive deeper into this subject. Well, hey there, high school students. It's been a minute, hasn't it? At least since we released our last podcast. Well, forgive me for that. Uh, life's been kind of crazy and busy, and we've had to focus on some other things. But we're back in the saddle here, and uh, we're going to look at First Corinthians chapter one, verse eighteen today. And let's talk about the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God, and the foolishness of the gospel according to the world, and what that really means. So, again, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, and we'll start reading there. It says, This is the message of the cross, or the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now, if you would, just turn over back to the left a few pages to Romans chapter 1. I'm turning there in my Bible right now. Romans chapter 1, because we see something similar here, except what we see in in light of that rejection of the wisdom of God, we actually see the consequence. So starting in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For... The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now listen to this part because this is key to understanding that foolishness, that the world looks at the gospel and says it's foolish, but in reality they themselves are foolish because what may be known of God is manifest, notice where it says, in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Little side note really quick. You know, if someone says, well, I don't know if I can believe in a God, you know, that for example would judge the little guy living on the island some little islander somewhere that's ignorant of who he is and god would judge that man because you know he didn't receive jesus as his lord and savior i just can't believe in a god like that but right here in romans 1 we're told that his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made And then then it says, they are without excuse. So God will hold them accountable for what they could know of him. He's not going to hold them accountable for things that they could not know about him, but he will hold them accountable for things that they could know about him. Because look in verse 21, although they knew God, so they, they actually know that there is a God, they don't glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became, look at this is the consequences of rejecting God. They became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, what did they become? They became fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So the issue is when a person rejects God and what may be known of God and they exalt themselves, they begin to worship the creation rather than the creator. So we have people in our society that we can call professors. Well, we it's not like we chose that name for them. They call themselves that, professors, right? And they're complete atheists that say, there is no God, and you are a fool for believing that there is one. And we could get hurt about that. But the reality is, is that they're just simply expressing from their own hearts that they have rejected God. And you could say, well, there's not enough evidence. No, that's simply not true. Romans chapter one says that there is. And so we could go into a lot of discussion about that, but that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to talk about how the world views the gospel as foolish and people who follow along with the Word of God, they they look at us and say they're foolish. But what I want is for you, Christian, to understand the reality is that though I may be simple, and though there are things that I don't understand in the world around me, I understand that there is a God that created heaven and earth. And that he sent his son into this world to die on the cross and rise from the dead and so going back to 1 Corinthians Paul says to the Jews it's a stumbling block and to the Greeks it's foolishness so the Jews would have looked and thought in those days and probably many still to today they look at Christ as a stumbling block they, they say he's not the the Messiah the Messiah hasn't come yet and so on and so forth but to the Greek that would be non-Jews, right? But today that would even be those in our society that think they are the professors, they're the, the cutting edge thinkers of our day. They would say that the gospel is utter foolishness. Why did God send his son into the world to die on the cross? And there's been all kinds of statements by many well-known atheists that have accused God of being a horrible you know, father because he allowed his son to die. When the Bible simply teaches that there's no greater way to show love than to lay down one's life for his friends. So the world looks at the gospel and says it's utter foolishness, but you need to understand it's the power of God unto salvation. And when we're talking to people, we've got to remember that we've got to lead them to the cross. There's got to be a point in time that we can lead people to the cross and give them the gospel what is the gospel? Well, the word means good news. But the good news is that God sent his son into this world to save us from our sins. Okay, John 3. You can go read that on your own. But what happens is when a person receives Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're no longer condemned. When they die, they will not be separated from God for eternity in what the Bible calls a place of hell, which is a literal place, a place of torment, and it's, a, a, it's actually an eternal place where people that die rejecting Christ will spend eternity. So the good news is that God sent his son into the world to save us from the separation at death that we would experience, or what the Bible calls the second death. The first death is physical death. The Bible calls the second death is a spiritual death, but it's not a death where you die and you cease to exist. Like if you die physically, you cease to exist in this dimension. Your physical body gets planted into the ground, but your soul goes into one of two places. Either when you die, if you die having received Christ as your Lord and Savior, Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So you immediately, if I died because I'm a believer, I would be with Jesus. But if I had died before I received Christ, I would have been separated from God because of my sins, and I would have spent eternity in hell based on those sins and ultimately the sin of rejecting Christ. So again, the world looks at this and says it's absolute foolishness, but it's the power of God into salvation. That power is amazing to transform a life. So for example, in my life before Christ, I lived for myself and I thought that I had control over what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go and all that stuff. When in reality, my flesh dictated what I was going to do because I wanted to feed my flesh. I wanted to satisfy the sinful desires of my flesh. So in reality, my flesh was calling the shot and the rest of my body would ultimately give in to that desire. But when Christ set me free, he set me free from the body of sin that I no longer had to obey it in its lusts. But now I'm free from it. I'm free to live for God. I'm free to live to please the Lord. I'm free to live from sin. He didn't save me from my sin so I could go do whatever I wanted in sin. He set me free from my sin So that i no longer had to obey in its lusts and i could now live a life for god and so that's the power of god into salvation i had drugs in my life i I couldn't stop doing it on my own although you know you say things like i can stop anytime i want i had no power to stop anytime i wanted but when christ came in that instant that instant i had the power to overcome And from that point on, drugs were no longer a part of my life. There was other sins that I struggled and wrestled with that weren't immediately taken from my life, and I had to learn to fight those things. I had to learn to submit my members, my body, to Christ and no longer give in to those sinful desires in order to overcome them. But again, back to this. Now, let's talk about the result of rejecting God. And so we go back to Romans chapter one here, and because they looked at the gospel and they said it's foolishness, then God has given them over to a debased mind. And that that literally means a worthless mind. Now, evolution proclaims to be scientific, but here's the (laughs) real—there's really many problems— with the theory of evolution, but let's just start with the one. And that would be going all the way back to point zero. At the the day that they say everything exploded and matter was hurled all over the universe in different directions, okay? So right there, we have a, a question that needs to be answered. Where did all the matter come from? Okay, what caused it to explode? And so you have to go back prior to that point and you have to have according to cause and effect, right? You've got to have something greater than the effect. The cause has to be greater than the effect. And so to have nothing create something creates a problem and it's not scientific. But to say something or someone caused all that we see around us today. The complexity of life, which we could talk about for hours. There is so much complexity of life. Then there's the laws of information, right? When we look at our DNA chain, it's information. And the law of information states, information can only come from information. So think about it. You have an explosion, there's no information, it's just an explosion that creates information how did the information come about how did dna come about how did a single cell come about how did proteins and all you know what i mean there's so much complexity to life that is unanswered by evolution that is answered by the very opening statements of the bible in the beginning god in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth now they would say oh that's absolute foolishness to believe in a god what a fairy tale but again i take you back to romans 1 there's enough evidence in creation around us. You see, design implicates a designer. And what, what do we see around us? We see design all over the place. That's why God says here in Romans 1 that they're without excuse. There will be no excuse for anyone that dies rejecting Jesus, and it doesn't matter where they were born. It doesn't matter how they were raised. You understand? This is what this is saying. Now, there's there's parts of this that I will agree you and I would have a hard time wrapping our minds around. But God in his infinite wisdom and his love, remember that God is love. First John says, God is love. There isn't anyone that wants people in heaven more than God himself. So much so, he sent his son to die on the cross. That's me. That's you. That's the atheist. That's anybody Anybody rejecting Christ in in today's world, there isn't anybody that loves them. Not even their mom and dad love them more than God loves them. You say, I love them. I love them so much. I'm their friend. I want them to come to know Jesus. But just remember this, that you do not love them more than Jesus loves them. Period. Okay? So, this gospel is to the world absolute, utter foolishness. Look, I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I'm thankful he did what he did. But if you asked me why, the only answer I could give you is because God loves us. That's it. That's the only answer I can give you. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think it's foolishness in any way, but I don't understand it. And so we just have to read the word and realize this is what he said. He says what he means, and he means what he says. So, Remember, the next time you're talking with a friend, you're out in public, or just in your own life, you're struggling with the reality of the Word of God. Just always go back to the gospel and its simplicity that Jesus loves you. He loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. And so the world may look at us and say, what a bunch of fools. But there's something I think it's important as Christians to understand that we need to care more about what God thinks than about what people think. And that's really hard because, you know, we don't see God visibly. We don't hear God audibly. We can't hug God physically, right? But he loves us. Even though we can't experience him right now in any of those ways, like tangibly, physically with our senses, the Bible says it's true. But then there's those that might come against us that we do see physically, that we do hear audibly, that we could touch. You know, they're physical, right? And the temptation is to care about what they think more than what God thinks. But I just want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in Christ and become part of the 116 Click. Just remember that, the 116 click. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Listen, I hope those words have encouraged you. If you have a topic you would like to hear discussed, you can always email us at hsgrounded at calvarycch.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. God bless.